It's that time, the Betting Predators Podcast, where our main objective is hunting down the best bets for you. I'm your host, Sleepy J. You guys can find me on Twitter at SleepyJ underscore pregame. Joined here by the one and the only stats and information guru. I got Mackenzie Rivers on the podcast. You guys can find him on Twitter as well, at Mac and Rivers. And you can find us both at the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. All right, here we go, guys. NFL week number nine. It is Thursday night football. Myself, Mackenzie. Going to go ahead and break down Thursday night football. We have the Jets. We have the Colts. Current line on this game, Colts minus 10.5. We have a total of 46.5. But, Kenzie, before we go ahead and get into this game, why don't we try to figure out who the quarterback is right now of the New York Jets? I was going through my day, and I kept calling him Matt Moore, and I was like, what's this guy's name? And then you talked to me on the podcast, and you were calling him what? I'm pretty sure his name is Mike Smith. And then I thought it was Mike White. So I don't know what it is. Could we Google that real quick and figure out what the New York Jets quarterback real name is? I have Googled it, and it seems like you might be partially correct. His name his name is written down as Mike White. I'm going to call him Mike Smith until further notice. But yeah, you're right, Mike White. Well, I'll tell you what. Mike White is a better performer than Mike Smith. Last time I remember Mike Smith was when he... Uh, he coached the Falcons, right? That was Mike Smith, right? He stunk. He was like, "You're correct." Yeah, he got yeah he got laughed out of town. But uh, let's give credit where credit's due. I mean, this dude balled out last game at like 405 yards, and the game before that, he came in against the Patriots, had like 200 and some yards in just a half, and they went ahead and the Jets they, they took care of business. They beat the Bengals last week. Full disclosure, I like the Bengals. I actually gave them out as my premium three star pick. So. Uh, I felt like crap, McKenzie, I'll be honest with you. And the Bengals were actually leading that game at one point by 11 points. And and Mike White went down the field, scored a touchdown, and and they ended up winning that game. So let's give credit where credit's due. I don't know where, what you make of this line here, McKenzie, line right now 10.5. But i got to be honest with you, I don't think this is the same Jets team. This isn't. This looks like a line that you would see on a Thursday night game where you, know, you have a 2-5 and five Jets team with a, a Zach Wilson quarterback who, who you know, didn't put up 34 points. So like, it's just, it looks more like a, like the bad Jets line versus this Jets team. So I don't know what you think about it, but I don't think that we can look at the Jets now like we did just, you know, a couple of weeks back. As Ferris Bueller said, life goes by pretty fast. If you were pumpkin picking last weekend, you know, not that many great games on the card, a lot of blowouts expected. You might think the Jets are one of the worst teams of the decade, as they have been historically. Just a week ago, this line was 14, and it made a lot of sense. The Jets just lost by 40 points to an averageish Patriots team. But over about 90 minutes, from 4 o'clock to 5.30 Pacific time, after the afternoon games had ended and before the next week lines had put up, there were some sharp and wise people sitting around their abacuses thinking, the Jets aren't the Jets that we thought 24 hours ago. They moved this line three and a half points in an instant from 14 to 10 and a half, and there's been zero buyback, split action, 10 and a half. The Jets have been improved by three and a half points, just like that. One Mike White performance. And the total actually had moved up from 44 up to 46 and a half. So uh, clearly I think there will be some points in this one. McKenzie, I do have to ask you, though, is this going to be an overreaction from everybody because of what the Jets did? Like, one, they won. Okay, great. You know, they beat the Bengals. They were, you know, what, what were the Jets catching that game, McKenzie? Like 10 and a half or 11 or something like that? Closed 11 and a half. 
a lot of money on the Bengals, even on Sunday. You know, I want to go ahead and I want to talk about the Bengals in just a second, but let's let's answer that question first. Are we overreacting to what the Jets did, or do you think there's a chance that maybe we're we're underreacting? It's a difficult question because it's a boomerang situation. Were we overreacting when the Jets put up 13 points? Their only notable offensive player, Zach Wilson, had just been hurt for several weeks, and their supposedly decent defense had given up 54 points to the Patriots? Yes, I think we can say matter-of-factly that the move from a look-ahead 3.5, Bengals favorite at New York, to 10.5, 11.5, it closed on Sunday, was an example of a market overreaction. Now we've snapped back, you know, three and a half points the other way, almost exactly in the middle from that seven-point swing a week ago. I got to think, honestly, we're probably still not far back enough into thinking that this Jets team isn't just as terrible as you might as you might have expected, losing by 40 points to the Patriots. I mean, the fact that they lost by five to the Panthers doesn't look great in hindsight. That's kind of where I would put the line right now. You know, the Panthers are a bad team. The Jets are a worse team. And then they lost 25-6 against the Patriots, 26-0 to Broncos for pulling off a miracle win versus Tennessee in the overtime. So I think you just put net-net overall throw out last year. I mean, they have a new coach. They have the youngest team in the league. I feel like there's a high variability of how good this team is, and the market is is kind of too far on one end thinking this team is just, you know, the Texans or the Lions. I think I think they are feisty. I think they got more to them than that. They might be as bad as those teams, but they have more upside in my opinion. You know, I want to go back to last week to where Mike White ended up going and throwing for 205 yards in, in just a half. But, you know, when was the last time, Mackenzie, that, that you could remember that the Jets scored 34 points? They had 511 yards of offense. I don't even know if the Jets have had 500 yards of offense, you know, over like a three-game period, let alone one game. Those numbers to me are, I don't want to say historic numbers, but I mean, geez, McKenzie, when's the last time you remember him putting up 34 points or 500 point, or 500 yards, you know, in a game? It has to be, I mean, I'm sure Darnold might have done it, but when's the last time that, that, you know, that they put up that many points? I don't, they haven't, I know they didn't do it this year. You ask me, do I remember? No, I do not. I blocked all of those games deep, deep in the recesses of my brain, but thanks to pregame.com's very handy-dandy super sheet, I got all the Jets in the last four years, all their games pulled up, and I can tell you, matter-of-factly, it's been three years and 18 days since October 14th, 2018, 500 yards of offense in a single game. In fact, over the last three years, they've put up 400 yards of offense twice. And they haven't scored 34 points in over a year and a half. So, boom, Mike Dynamite Lightning White set the stage on fire, done something this team hasn't done in over 45 games. You got to wonder if this dude's better than Darnold and better than Zach Wilson. Here's what I saw. And this is just me watching the game. Now, I had the Bengals, as I had said, so I watched the entire game. This dude reminds me of Brett Favre. And... The, people are, will laugh at that, but I'm a Brett Favre is my favorite player, so I, I remember you know watching every play of that dude. Like this dude's accurate, he is accurate, but he he tries to thread the needle um, just like Favre did, and it turns into interceptions. Now this dude's played what three halves? He has four interceptions, 
So I just wonder if this is one of those situations where, uh, you know, we could bring Jameis Winston into it too. You know, a guy that's going to throw 30 touchdowns, but he's also going to throw 30 interceptions. And maybe that's why, you know, he's not the starting quarterback. And maybe, you know, having a guy like that, I mean, go back to, you know, Winston when he was with Tampa Bay, you know, they ended up with a losing record because of those turnovers. And, you know, McKenzie in, in the league, you know, when it comes to turnovers, you know, you can't be, you know, the worst team in the league and expect to have a winning record. That's not going to happen. And going into this particular game, my gut feeling says that that the Jets probably are the worst turnover margin team maybe in the NFL. Would that be right, McKenzie, or no? Give, they have the second most giveaways. I have that pulled up right here. Compare that to the Colts who have the second most takeaways, to your point. Well, that might not actually set up here good for the Jets. You know, the fact that they're probably going to go with this guy again. And if, you know, what I, what I saw on the field is, you know, is kind of right. Um, that this dude is going to try to thread the needle and take some, uh, take some chances. It wouldn't surprise me, McKenzie, if we see uh, maybe an Indianapolis defensive score in this particular game. But it, look, I don't know how you take the ball out of this guy's hands. I mean, uh, what was he last week? 37 for 45. I mean, they were not dropping the ball. Uh, the running backs were catching a ton of stuff out of the backfield. And it, it seemed to me, McKenzie, and I don't know, uh, if I'm right on this or not, but it seemed like the Jets were moving at like a high pace. Like they were just like, let's go. Let's just keep going and keep going and keep going. And I think that's one of the reasons why they had all those yards. But I think that's why they had, you know, all those points last week. But um, they even left points off the board. And, you know, they they missed a field goal on that particular game. They turned the ball over three times. So you have to wonder, you know, how many points could they have scored? You know, could they have gotten a 40? Could they have gotten a 50? And, you know, as I start talking through this, McKenzie, it starts really putting me on the over. Why would you take the ball out of this kid's hands right now who's who's feeling hot? Um, the offense is feeling hot. You distributed the the football to I mean, there were players in the in the box score, McKenzie, I never even heard of. And, you know, I'm kind of a, a fantasy football savant. Like I know pretty much everybody. And there were guys in the box score that I didn't even know uh, that were probably practicing that legitimately probably second and third string guys that you know were going out there performing and doing well. They're going to want to eat again. There's no way that they're not going to want to eat again. What are they going to do? They're just going to run the ball this week and be the, the same old Jets? Hell no. Ain't going to happen. Not in prime time. Uh, this is a, a good situation, I think, for, you know, the head coach to say, look, uh, maybe maybe it's not Zach Wilson, but, you know, we're not we're not the, uh, you know, the one in one in seven uh, Miami Dolphins currently. You know, we're the two and five Jets just came off a big win. They're going to come out and fight. So I see the Jets keeping this up tempo. The high risk, high reward quarterback throwing the ball all over the field. But uh, one of the things we didn't touch on, Mackenzie, the Jets gave up 31 points last week and they gave up 54 the week before. I think if there's any side of the ball coming off of that win last week that comes down, it has to be the Jets defense. So I don't know what your pick is, but I like the over in this one, just just as, as we are talking just about the Jets in, in specific. I think there's a lot of ways you want to we can get at this. I just pulled this up. You mentioned you mentioned pace. Well, you don't get off 78 plays unless you're moving with some alacrity. 45 pass attempts, 27 attempts on the ground. Super Sheet goes back to 2018 season. They've never been over 75 plays, the New York Jets. Not even close. 74 was the previous high. Mike White appears on the scene, and they set that you know recent history record. 78 plays. And you mentioned the running backs out of the backfield. He only had five yards attempts or five air yards an attempt per play. That means he's Steve Young-like, Joe Montana-like, running that West Coast slants, 
super quick stuff, super precise stuff. And think about this. If you're a fan and there's a 50-50 call, you want your team to go for it or not go for it. 99% of fans out there are screaming at the TV, come on, at least give us the chance. You brought up Jameis Winston earlier. He was many things in Tampa Bay. He was popular. People liked to play for him. Same thing with Florida State. He was going to give a team a chance. Get on my back. Let's go. I think a guy that has four picks but five TDs and two halves, it just it just sets a spark underneath the team that's not there otherwise. And does that come over to the side of the ball and the New York Jets defense, who's been really bad, giving up 20-plus to every quarterback not named Sam Darnold this season, 50 to the Mac Jones-led Patriots, 30-plus several other times. This Jets defense is not what we thought it was coming into the year. But I think their offense is like, let's go. Let's make some plays out of the backfield. Let's make some plays downfield with our legs, yards after catch style. I think there's a lot of gusto in this team. I kind of, I don't have an official pick yet, although I do think this Jets team has a market value, a market appreciation of a slow, methodical, Texans-like team that might be able to edge it if it keeps it close. I don't think it's like that at all right now. I think it's a young team, kind of like the Bengals, ready to uh, risk it for some biscuits. I think one more thing we could talk about here with the Jets here, McKenzie, is the fact that, you know, the Bengals went into last week and you can, you know, probably find out or, you know, with the numbers there, but wasn't that Bengals defense, like one of the best points per game defense, one of the best rushing defenses in the league. They absolutely got carved up. Interesting that you should say this because we were just digging into this at the end of last week. So entering last week, the Bengals had outperformed expectations by the third most of any team in the league. Only the Cardinals and the Bills had beaten the spread by more. The Bengals had a plus 9.4 ATS margin. And a lot of people said, you know, Joe Burrow, the new Randy Moss on the scene, bursting on the scene, Jamar Chase. Yeah, I get it. All right, the Bengals are better than we thought. But that was actually only four points of them beating the margin. Their defense had actually outperformed expectations by five and a half points per game. It was by far, by far, people say this about the Cowboys and it's wrong. It's the opposite. It was the Bengals defense that had turned this team around, at least until they faced Kurt Warner, future Hall of Famer, Mike Smith. It's Mike Smith, right? Uh, Mike White. Matt White. Oh, yeah. Mike, Mike White. Mike. I don't know. It's it's. <laughs> He's the G. He's the man. I'm just going to call him the man. So we'll go with uh, Mike White. Um, let me bring this up, Mackenzie, real quick, and then let's talk about the Colts for a minute or two. One other thing I probably want to factor into this game is, you know, the Bengals were in, our, in a terrible spot last week, Mackenzie. They were on their third road game in a row, and they have the Browns coming up. So it was kind of a, a letdown sandwich spot. You know, they, they just boat raced, you know, the Ravens. So it was three road games in a row coming off of a big division win with a division foe, you know, on deck. and. Uh, look, I and I could, you know, I'm not going to sit here and blame the Bengals for for not showing up in that game, but that was a tough spot. But does that, you know, does that lend a little bit of, uh, you know, leniency to to how the Jets performed on offense? You know, I I I honestly don't know, but I do think that you know that that's something that we can you know bring up for you know what happened with that particular game last week. But let's talk about Indy for a minute here because you know that's the other half of the equation. And I do believe that they're going to be uh, ultra motivated here for a couple of reasons. 
one is Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry not being on Tennessee for the next eight to ten weeks. Um, that leaves the door open for Indy to maybe potentially sneak up and, and, and you know, maybe they can win the division if, you know, that injury uh, is that big for, you know, for Tennessee. Uh, I still think Tennessee wins 10 or 11 games uh, based on their schedule. But look, um, y- y- for a team that's three and five right now in Indy, uh, you got to give that team some type of life. And, you know, that, that might be a shot in the arm. Uh, the fact that they're playing the Jets on Thursday night might be a shot in the arm. Um, you know, a little bit of a mini buy here might be, you know, something that they're looking forward to. But I don't think they're going to be conservative at all in this game, McKenzie, not after what the Jets did last week. Um, how can you? I think they're going to go and they're going to play a full four quarters and they're going to be like, look, if we're up nine, if we're up 12, let's not you know rest on our laurels here. Let's just keep pushing the pace. Let's put a full game together, uh, especially coming off of a loss. So uh, I don't think Indy lets off the gas here in any way. And if they don't let off the gas, you know, they could probably put up 30, 40 themselves. So, so that's how I'm feeling right now about the Colts. Uh, love Michael Pittman, love Taylor. And I know that Wentz last week, McKenzie, I don't know if you saw the game, dude, but uh, when you, you take, you could take a bucket of boneheaded turnovers. Carson Wentz is going to be in there a couple times. I think you hit the nail on the head with that last comment. And for all the reasons you mentioned, I don't think the Colts have any kind of complacency coming into this game. Their offense has been humming 92 points the last three games. But three and five, they can't afford any missteps. And Carson Wentz might be trending in the wrong direction. This could be a fork in the road type situation. So check out Carson Wentz season. Obviously, he comes in from Philadelphia. Former potential MVP credentials, but nothing to show for it recently. First game, he's bad. 60 PFF grade, 25 QBR versus the Seahawks. And he has an average game versus the Rams. Maybe another... Averages games versus the Titans, but they lose. Not a good game. Averages being, you know, beneficial. And then finally, okay, a decent game versus the Dolphins, which doesn't look that good in hindsight. 81 QBR, 76 by PFF. He's in the hunt. And then Monday night, they're saying, Brian Greasy is saying it on the Monday night broadcast. First, the Ravens at the Ravens. They have a huge lead. He's making running plays. He's finally back. Week six, they dominate the Texans. All right, they're in this. They won three of four. And then the rain game, the 49ers, they win, but he has his worst PFF grade by far of the season, 46. And then with the division on the line, he has three of the most boneheaded, like you said, turnovers one could possibly imagine having as a starting quarterback. It might be between the ears with this guy. And I was heavily leaning towards, back when the line was 14, (laughs) coincidentally or not, I was leaning towards picking the Colts on a Thursday night as my Survivor pick. I do that podcast with your friend and mine, Dan Rivera, just on Survivor. And using the Colts, getting them out of the way, not that great of a team, would be a great pick for us. But I think there's something in between the ears with Carson Wentz. And the fact that he's had his two worst PFF games back-to-back doesn't seem like a coincidence to me. They have the talents to beat this Jets team. I could easily see panic in the fourth quarter again for the Colts yeah it sounds like you don't want to live on the edge here McKenzie and I kind of don't blame you but I will say this I'm guessing that you probably are extremely happy that you went ahead and used the Bengals uh, a couple weeks yes, back that, I mean that was uh I was sitting here going oh geez man like it's gonna get knocked out with the Bengals but look they made a kick when it when it mattered you know they didn't make a kick against Green Bay you know happy for that but 
Uh, they did make <laughs> they did make a kick when it mattered there, McKenzie. But uh, before before we close this up, I do want to ask you though: Do you feel now like that you won with the Bengals maybe twice that week? Because I'm guessing there's probably you know a 33 percent chance that you landed on the Bengals this week, and uh, you would probably want to be doing a podcast with the Survivor pick. There's only one way to dodge bullets: that's to shoot as many people you get as you can in front of you and to keep ducking. So we keep trucking. And yeah, I, I thought the Bengals was a sharp pick that week. Didn't look sharp when we were down 14 to zero. But like I said, it's a long game. Joe Burrow, he was coming through. He was coming through. I had no doubt about it. And now we still have five of the best six teams left in our survivor pool. I think we can make it. But, you know, follow us along for the ride. Good podcast, me and Dan. All right. Well, make sure you guys check that out on Twitter at Mac and Rivers. Uh, I do want to throw two more things. Let me give you guys a pick, actually. I'm going to give you a pick here. Um, but I do want to talk about about the Jets for a quick second here, McKenzie, as we were talking about, uh, you know, the Indianapolis Colts probably not letting off the gas. The Jets were down last week by 11 points, and I felt like, all right, good, I'm going to cover this game. And they fought back. So uh, no matter what they're down in this game, uh, I don't see any reason why the Jets kind of just, you know, kind of just hang their head um, that they're going to feel like they can come back in this game. I don't think the Bengals saw an offense that looked like this Jets offense did last week. And, and look, I don't, I kind of think the same thing about the Colts. Like this is a fast moving slant throwing offense. This dude was just on fire. So uh, I like the over in this one uh, over 46 and a half, but let me give you guys a player prop. And I, I believe this one just makes a lot of sense to me. It makes sense to me that the line right now is Michael Carter plus 160 to go ahead and score a touchdown. That should not be. That should be minus 160. Uh, I'm telling you that right now. It should probably be about minus 160. Michael Carter last week touched the ball 24 times, and he had a potential to touch the ball 29 times. He did score a touchdown last week. But when you get a guy with that much production, that's Derrick Henry-type production. Derrick Henry touches it, I want to say, maybe 29 to 30 times a game. You're getting that with Michael Carter. Normally, a Derrick Henry touchdown is around minus 230, minus 250. We're getting plus 160 with a guy that potentially is going to get the same production. And I don't believe that Mike White or Michael Carter or the Jets are going to change their stripes this week. I just don't believe it's it's a uh, I don't believe that they that they need to do anything after last week. Uh, there was a whole lot of success there. So uh, I'll go ahead. I'll give out that McKenzie. I'll let you go ahead and give out any picks that you got. But that's what I'm looking at the over. Michael Carter to score a touchdown plus 160. I'm going to go with Mike White. Got his name right. Over 255 passing yards. Here's the thing about the Colts. The one thing they can do is stop the run. Number one defense by DVOA. Only 83 yards given up to the Titans as a team. And Derrick Henry only got hurt in overtime, so he was healthy the whole time. That's what they do. That's where you can't beat them. And why was the West Coast offense invented? Because sometimes it's hard to run, but you can get some pretty consistent outside run plays when you throw it out there. Ask Joe Montana. So I'm going to go with Mike Montana White over 255 passing yards. All right. Well, there you go, guys. There's another solid pick there from McKenzie. Uh, good breakdown where McKenzie had fun. We figured out the name, Mike White. We'll go ahead and, uh, you know, we'll put some stock into him, maybe a little bit of money. Uh, but that'll wrap up the pod for this week. Hopefully you guys do well. You guys know where to find us on Twitter. You guys can get me at SleepyJan underscore pregame. You can get McKenzie at Mac and Rivers. Make sure you guys listen to the McKenzie, Dan Rivera, 
Survivor Pick Pod. That'll be out here in a couple of days. And uh, you guys could check my Twitter too, because I always retweet that for those guys. Hopefully they can go ahead and, and survive another week. I believe that they will. Uh, make sure you guys follow us at the Betting Predators. Make sure you guys get it with us at the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. With that said, I'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck on Thursday night. Enjoy the game.